White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. It is at Ecknerwall23, also Instagram if you want to. And Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill on Twitter and Instagram. And the show, Locked On Sox, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Go there, subscribe, hit notifications bell. So see when we drop an episode. Well, further, no further ado. Actually, there's Chris no, Tannehill. No, you could give further ado. That's fine. Uh, no one cares, um, especially when they're hearing from me. If they, they they would like to further the ado as much as possible. Uh, real quick, episode one sixty five today. It's talk to us Tuesday episode of Locked On White Sox. But thank you for everyone who checked out the show yesterday that we posted, which was our segment from one hundred eight fest. What a good time, man. Herb, what was your favorite part about the 108 Fest that we did on Friday night with the guys from the uh, from the 108 podcast? And they, they sit in Section 108 at the ballpark. That's how they got their name. Clever. Makes sense. So what was your favorite part about doing that? That was just a good time overall. My favorite part was the Rich Giolito segment. It yep. was just so insightful. The guy, you could tell he's a, a baseball dad, loves his son, loves his sons. Casey, I think, is the other son, you know, it just oozes through him and the good stories that he was sharing with all of us on the panel and all of us who are listening on or watching on YouTube. It was just so, so great. Uh, and I knew he was coming on, but I didn't know to the extent what he would do, what he would say. And yeah, he was in, he was into it. He was participating. He, he loves uh, from the one away and white Sox nation. Yeah, that was my favorite part too. Uh, you know, usually you know I'd like to be contradictory or you know debate you or, but yeah, that was absolutely that was my favorite part as well. He was just so he was just so awesome, you know, and giving us little details about Lucas's off season training regimen, all the things that Ethan Katz is going to bring to the table, which we'll get to in a second here. But yeah, he was just real cool. Um, you know, we may have to steal him. Uh, you know, you may have to steal him for Lawrence's show. I may have to steal him for Danny Parkin show. So he's just a fun dude. Like we had uh Copex dad on before. Um, so we may have to get uh, Rick Giolito on cause he was just so great. Good baseball guy and just a fun guy to talk to. And you know, my, my mom and dad were watching the stream and my mom was a huge twin peaks fan from back in the day. So like she got a kick out of it and I was explaining like, while we were doing the chat, I was explaining to my mom who Lucas Giolito's mom is and you know all that stuff and how they're you know the the history with the family and how the grandpa was on Seinfeld so yeah it was just it was it was pretty cool I was I I I was fascinated by his backdrop there I could imagine like they're in some some awesome you know Southern California estate there like you know especially as the snow we get pounded with snow here I was just like daydreaming thinking about what it would be like to hang out at the Giolito compound for a weekend you know but it was good just like his study (laughs) yeah yeah and he has a place called a study in his house it looked like <laughs> as such yeah and you know we i would like to talk to him just about you know the the ea sports stuff like there's probably so many stories there but yeah what an interesting guy and you can see why lucas giolito is so thoughtful and smart and uh 
you know, he's got everything, got his head on straight. So yeah, it was, it was good times right there, but thank you to the guys from the 108 for having us on board. Uh, I, I just had a blast, man. That was like the, the next best thing to going out and, and, and hanging out and being there at a live event. Like we had at Reggie's last year, that was the closest thing we can get to that. Hopefully by the summer we'll integrate back to doing more stuff like that. But I had a, a pounding headache the next morning from all the beer I drank, so I don't know about you. Um, but it was it was fun watching my socks summer uh, slowly fall into the abyss. <laughs> that was like my oh, second favorite so part. Yeah, so it was just a good time, man. Like I, I had a lot of fun. But uh, from a, a fun item here to a, well, not so fun item, uh, we do have a acquisition we've got a transaction here this one from a couple days ago we have to talk about it carlos rodan is back with the white Sox, folks it's a one-year deal good for three million dollars i don't remember exactly what we said about this when you know there was so much going on at the end of the season when they non-tendered him we were more looking ahead to the future and looking at the guys who they did tender so we talked a lot about Ronaldo and things like that but I think we did say I would not be surprised if Rodon was back on a short-term deal for less money there was rumors that he was going to go to the Cubs but the Sox stepped in at the last minute and Herb just what are your thoughts this is there's so many layers here to this to this deal it's a, it's it's a low risk in a normal season but we know what the payroll situation is or what they claim it to be uh, this you know it seems like an unnecessary risk to take but what are your thoughts on the Rodon contract and just the idea of bringing him back in a White Sox uniform for 2021 well you know there wasn't much hope for Trevor Bauer on the White Sox but you know the fact that they only had four guys in the rotation at the time you were like okay maybe they're just waiting this deal effectively ends Trevor Bauer conversations while it's no money, it's very low money, $3 million, that tells me bringing Rodon back where you have a stacked bullpen already means that you're going to be trying to have him starting those games at the beginning of the year, at least to be your fifth starter until you feel confident that Michael Kopech can come up here and give you some good innings in the major leagues. And that's what I think they're going to do. Go with the three guys at the top with Giolito, Keichel, and Lance Lynn, and then see if Dylan Cease can do the fourth spot. You know, we heard the other day when we are talking to uh, Rick Giolito, he was really high on what Ethan Katz is going to do with uh, Dylan Cease. And then the White Sox must have a lot of faith in this guy because then they're going to see if they can get Carlos Rodon and his filthy back foot slider back to that break and that 95-plus fastball to go along with it. So, I'm thinking they're just putting a lot of faith in the new pitching coach and these guys having seasons that are not subpar. But when I first heard about it, I was like, I'm sad that they're not willing to go after Trevor Bauer and that they're going to go on the cheap. Uh, No, uh, really no risk, all upside. Like if he doesn't perform, you say, well, that's Carlos Rodon. It was only 3 million and you wipe your hands of it. But if it hits, then you're like, oh man, look what we found. And we told you guys, Ethan Katz unlock what it, uh, what needed to be done, and then you give him a longer-term deal or he goes into the offseason uh, as a free agent and does whatever he needs to do. Yeah, staying on the Ethan Katz thing before we get to what Steve Stone had to say, and we'll take a look at we'll, – we'll look back at Carlos Rodon's 2020 and, and look at – see how that compares uh, rates and how that rate's going forward here. But Steve Stone on Twitter was, was very quick to echo the Ethan Katz sentiment. Uh, Steve Stone earlier 
uh, on Sunday says this. Some of you may not be excited about the return of Carlos Rodon. I have two words for you. Ethan Katz. Don't look for any Don Cooper negativity. He was great. Katz, however, speaks current pitching. He's young, he's smart, and he'll help seize Kopech, Crochet, and Rodon. Just watch. You know, I, I certainly respect Steve Stone's opinion. You, there's not many smarter baseball people on the planet. Um, he will break bad on the organization. I remember him coming on the airways on the score and talking about Rick Renteria's lineup construction. Maybe he knew what was what was coming down the pike there for that, so he's more comfortable saying that. But, I, you know, what, what did you think about that when you, when you hear that from Steve Stone? Are we putting too much on Ethan Katz here, like that, you know, forget Coop will fix him. Now it's Katz will fix him. I feel like, you know, that, that's just putting a lot on, on a young guy. You know, you're thrust into a, a, a team that's in its window for the World Series. Like, I feel like that's a lot of pressure on a pitching coach. And, you know, it, I, that's not a recipe for, for someone to have sustained success, I don't think, is to have all these guys that are. You know, there's a lot of talent here. He's got he's got a, a blank canvas here, and he's got all the the paints and everything in, in his in his uh, in his arsenal to work with. But I feel like we're putting a lot of pressure on Ethan Katz to, to fix all these guys or take all these guys to the next level, especially Carlos Rodon, who's been here already six years and you know only has shown flashes of, of being a first round pick. So, what do you think about putting all this pressure on Ethan Katz here in 2021? Yeah, and when we're talking to Rick Giolito, he even said that he is the pitch whisperer. So I know he fixed his son, and you know he went back to him after the 2018 season and got right, and that is amazing, and that's awesome. But, yeah, he did that for one guy. And, I mean, I know he has two other pitchers who were under his tutelage in high school um, in Freed and Flaherty, but I don't – put that much trust that he is this guy that he is going to unlock what is the potential that you have in you for all these guys i don't even know if he could do it for another guy you know the fact that he already did it for giolito is amazing and like you said if he can fine but like um, imagine if he only does it for one guy then you're like "Mm," you know like putting way too much pressure on him even though that's another great thing like if he only did it for Giolito and it doesn't work for anybody else I'm like that's not a failure it's a you know good job trying the fact that he's unlocked Lucas is amazing so yeah we're putting way too much pressure on this guy to be some type of soothsayer some guy that knows how to get the pitcher's best performance out of them if he was this guy, I don't know what took so long to get him to the major league level as the pitching coach for a team. So I just uh, I'm skeptical on everybody's else expectations of this guy to make this pitching staff even better. Yeah, I hear that. Um, you know, let's talk about his 2020 season real quick. There, there wasn't a lot to work with here. Um, he was 0 and 2 in 2020 with an earn run average of 8.22. Uh, just four games, uh, two of them starts and two out of the bullpen, um, and then of course the the appearance in the playoffs where he was where he was yanked. I, I don't know. Like I, I, we we always talk about not judging anyone by their season they had in twenty twenty. The injury at the beginning of the season was very odd and it was very Rodon like, you know, just out of nowhere. And we we felt like what's going on here? Like you know, it wasn't something clear at the time. And then we don't see him until weeks later. And Rick Renteria puts him in that impossible position coming out of the bullpen in Cleveland, and you basically lose the division that week there in Cleveland. You know, I, the way they handled him in 2020, like, is, is it fair to say that 
our expectations of, of Carlos Rodon, like maybe they should be shifted a little bit because he was possibly mismanaged in 2020. Like I, you know, I think they rushed him back Herb. like, you know, when, when I, when I see him with the way he was thrust into that bullpen spot in a high tension, high leverage situation on his first day back, never pitching in a bullpen session before we talked about it ad nauseum at the time and how it was, a, it was, a, it was a curious move. You know, I didn't hammer Rick Renteria as much as other folks did, as much as like Frank Thomas and Ozzie Guillen did and all the fans did. Like I was like, okay, Rick's just trying to see what he can get from certain guys. Carlos Rodon's a veteran guy. Yes, he had never pitched out of the bullpen in a spot like that before. But when when they were short of arms as they were in 2020, it was a situation where I was like, okay, I see the, the logic here. I see the thought process trying to see if you can get something out of this guy and maybe something clicks out of the bullpen and he's a dominant force. But overall, I think he was mismanaged, misused, and it really it makes this move even more puzzling. Either the White Sox know that, that he was misused in 2020, and that's why they were able to bring him back. Or, you know, they're just, you know, hoping, like we're all just hoping beyond hope that Carlos Rodon can somehow finally find it. But what, what do you make of his what we saw from him in 2020? And just as far as the, the stuff, the velocity was decent. Um, you, you know, it's funny because his, his he didn't even have enough appearances really to track on uh on mlb savants usually you can track the spin rate the velocity rate compared to other guys but there were so little appearances for carlos rodan he didn't even register really but in 2019 the velocity was below average spin rate below average but i felt the velocity was up a tick when we saw him briefly in 2020 what did you make of his 2020 and how do you evaluate that when you look at him going into 2021 i think i gotta agree with you there that they rushed him back I wasn't expecting him to pitch at all this season. I was cross another uh, Carlos Rodon year off and, you know, see if we can get him back next year and do something with him. But, um, yeah, they rushed him back, and he did not look like the guy that, you know, in the majors usually he looked pretty solid when he was healthy. Like he would have a sub four ERA The slider. Like I was talking about earlier would be killer to right-handers and lefties had no chance at all when he was throwing 95 plus and that slider. So like he was a major league pitcher. He was a guy that you could have in the rotation, maybe not the third overall pick that they had him initially, but a guy that was a major league starter and you were confident in him last year. 2020 did not look like that guy. That guy did look gone. And maybe the circumstances of 2020, all those things. Uh, wife, I think he just had a kid. So these things could be on people's minds, especially in the COVID era. And so the 2020 season, I just wipe off the slate. I wasn't like sad that he got DFA'd or didn't get tendered. Um, him coming back, I was not happy because I was looking for bigger fish. But ultimately, I don't think he's going to either go above our expectations or below it. I think he's going to be the same guy. He's going to pitch well. You're going to see the flashes. Then he'll get hurt eventually, and you know that'll be the end of his White Sox career. I hope I'm wrong, but this is his pattern. Like, at, When is he throwing a major league full season? What was it, 2018? Was maybe a full season? But it's been a minute. And all the rest were interrupted. And then every year was like some shoulder injury or elbow injuries getting fixed up. So it's not his fault that he gets hurt so much. I'm not saying he's it, he's doing this, but this is what's going to be his career unless he switches to late inning guy who has that slider fastball 
as his as his weapons and maybe mixes in like a cutter or something like that. But I don't think he's long for uh, starting in the major leagues and his body definitely telling him not to be a starter in the majors. All right, we'll take a quick timeout and we come back. We'll talk about what the Carlos Rodon move does for the, the rest of free agency for the White Sox and the rotation as we see fit. We alluded to it at the top of the show, but I guess we'll uh, we'll sort of th- throw the dirt on top of the, uh, the Trevor Bauer coming to the White Sox casket. Uh, keep it right here. We'll be right back on Locked On White Sox. This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. And now, somehow, the new and improved Built Bar is even delicious-er. They've got six brand new flavors that'll get your mouth watering and cure that sweet craving apple almond crisp carrot cake lemon almond cheesecake cherry barcia cookies and cream and caramel brownie just to name a few and there's also the 12 original flavors that you guys have heard me talk about so many times here on the show take it from me i just ordered an 18 pack for myself at home i probably could have got it for free from the company but i'm hooked i'm hooked on built bars now okay i found my favorite flavor and it's coconut. Think about one of the top candy bars on the market, coconut chocolate candy bars. It tastes just like that, minus the sugar. It's so chocolatey, delicious, and easy to chew, and they're great if you're trying to lose or maintain weight, or just you know curb those sweet cravings like I do. I have a box at work. It's dwindling down. I may have to order another one, and I've got one here at home for after dinner, and it fills me up and cures my sweet tooth that I have every night and it's a healthier option packed with protein low carb low sugar with none of the guilt of having one of those candy bars or ice creams or cookies that i normally would have in the house so do what i did go to builtbar.com now use the promo code locked on that's right i use our own promo code locked on and i got 20 percent off my order you can do the same with that promo code locked on for 20 percent off your order at builtbar.com built bar it's the best tasting protein bar ever And we're also brought to you today by our friends at rockauto.com. You know, friends, there's so many different makes and models, numbers of makes and models of automobiles these days. It's become impossible for your local big box auto parts store around the corner to stock all of those parts that your car is ever going to need. So why endure the process of going into said auto parts store, asking the guy at the counter if they've got the parts you need for your vehicle. They look in their system and only see what their inventory has in their warehouses. But at the same time, they're charging you a different rate than they are for a professional mechanic. Well, why do that when you have access to a vast vast catalog of auto parts at rockauto.com. You know, there's a lot of different reasons why you should maintain your automobile, but the most important one being money. You save money, preventative maintenance. It's one of the most important parts of being a car owner is maintaining your vehicle. So why pay more than you have to go to rockauto.com and see all the parts your car is ever going to need. In those chain stores, I said, different prices for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Well, Rock Auto's prices, they're always the same for everybody. And guess what? They're always reliably low as well. Rockauto.com offers the best and lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based Based on what the market will bear, like how airlines do. You're not flying a plane. You're trying to maintain your car, okay? So go to rockauto.com. Use our promo code LOCKEDON in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And now, back to the show. 
All right, folks, we're back. Locked on White Sox, Herb Lawrence, Chris Tannehill. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked on Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked on Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked on Today wherever you get your podcast. All right, this was our biggest concern, I think, for the most part. I know it was mine. I don't remember if it was yours or not, but when we were asked by the guys from the 108, what was our biggest concern going into the 2021 season? Across the board, all the panelists that were there talked about depth, and they talked about starting pitching depth, not in the bullpen, but uh, it was funny, uh, But Bob Nightingale, when he broke the news, uh, again, the bearer of bad news uh, if you're a White Sox fan, uh, noting uh, Carlos Rodon's record as a closer um, for the White Sox, which I thought was funny. Uh, but let's talk about that. Um, just uh, how do you think they'll use him? Do you think it'll just be – I had an idea. Like they they showcase them, they try to get through a few starts until Kopech's ready, and then if they have something there, you know, I know you can never have enough arms, but there's just a there's just a glut here for the White Sox of you know fifth rotation starters here between Lopez and now Rodon, and we don't know what we're gonna get from Kopech. Like they they have a logjam at fifth starter, which is not where I thought they would be at this point in the rebuild. But how do you think they'll use him? Do you think maybe they'll spin him off in a trade? And and uh, you, you know that doesn't make a whole lot of sense like at, at at first glance. But I just don't know if he comes out in 2021 and he's and he's pitching lights out, and all of a sudden you have Kopech on the heels and Cease takes the step. It's, uh, you know, I guess, as you would say, uh, it's one of those good problems. Sound like one of them good problems. But do you think maybe they'll use him as a trade chip for later on in the season if there's just not enough innings to go around for these guys in the, in the fifth spot? Or will yeah, Tony I'm, use him in the bullpen maybe as a long I, man? What do you think? I don't think there's room for him. I mean, they already have three guys in the bullpen who are lefties. You got Crochet, Fry, and then Aaron Bummer. And Crochet would be the guy, I guess, eventually they're going to want to have him as a starter. So he would also be that lefty long man if you need him to be because he can go multiple innings and they want him to stretch out and be a major league starter eventually in his career. So I think there's no room for him in the bullpen at all. He has to be a starter. That's what I see the signing as. He... He's got to be a starter, especially it allows them to have Michael Kopech spend a couple months down in the minors so he can accrue another year for them in service time. Oh, God. <laughs> Michael Kopech going to be 50 still with the White Sox. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's really true, but I think he's yeah, still on a service time thing. Well, the, 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 the service time clock paused when he opted out uh, of 2020, so it's on pause. But I think once he's back in – like active actively pitching like that's a good question actually like i would think the clock would just resume once he's in baseball pants but that's a good question we have to we have to ask someone a lot smarter than us like does it does the clock resume then when he's back in the big league level or is it just resume when he's back pitching for an affiliate that's an interesting question but yeah if they if it was up to the to them they'd have him pitch until he's 50 yeah, and it's a perfect situation for the White Sox. It's a candidate for a bounce back. He's on a walk here. He wants to get that big-time deal. I think the White Sox offered him a long-term deal a couple of years ago, and he rejected it. I mean, for pitchers, I would always think about an extension. But, you know, sometimes you want to gamble on yourself, especially a pitcher who's got the injury problems that Rodon has. Um, but I would say this is a best-case scenario for him 
He gets uh, familiarity with the team, a team that is ascending with an offense that has no limits except for a designated hitter. And he can get a chance to pitch very well and have like a comeback season and if need be, get traded or he's on the free agent market and his value increases. For the White Sox, no lo- no loss here. He pitches bad, Kopech's ready. Kopech's in the r- lineup. Or they can go and trade for a guy that's more secure and makes their, uh, their, their starting rotation better type of thing. So it's it's good for everybody in the regards of it's a performance-based position. He knows it. He has to do well. And if he doesn't, there's a lot of people out there who are ready to replace him. So I hope he comes to camp motivated and ready to go and somehow recaptures that slider because it's it's unhittable. That's it, man. That's it right there. Like, just stop issuing the free pass. So if you can get Ethan Katz to, to teach him to, like he was talking about with Luke, get Lucas, you know, get on top of the fastball, locate the fastball a little better, and then finally be able to use that slider, that one of the most devastating pitches in all baseball when he's healthy is his wipeout slider. And, you know, we saw it we, when he couldn't locate that fastball, he was just throwing the slider, slider, slider. Everyone knew it was coming, but, you know, but we don't put yourself in favorable counts. Like, you know, they're going to lay off that every time and you'll just end up issuing the free pass. So if, if he can just, if Ethan Katz can just get him to pound the strike zone and set up that slider, uh, I think they'll be in good shape right there. But that's such a big if. Um, now, so what this means ultimately is, you know, I, I don't see any way possible that, you know, you, I'm see, I saw a rumor on Twitter about the Sox maybe bringing in uh, Mike Fultonevich on a minor league deal, just having more depth, um, which I don't hate that move. Um, but this pretty much is a done deal now that they're not going to bring in Trevor Bauer, which is so disappointing on so many levels. And it's so white Sox. And I, I did not think uh, we'd be saying this at the beginning of free agency, but here we are. Uh, it does not look like Trevor Bauer is going to be signing here. Cause why would they like, they have enough arms. Um, and I think they think they're just going to get through. We're going to have more info too, as the players association, the owners work out a deal on how long the season's going to be. And if the playoffs are going to be expanded again, it certainly looks like it. And I think the DJ, DH will be back too. But I think the Sox, they know that they have enough arms to get them through to the postseason. But again, Herb, like for them to not be in the mix for Trevor Bauer at all, I think Trevor Bauer was the only one really that had them in the mix and his agent, Rachel Luba, because they knew they had money to spend. They were one of the few teams trying to win, apparently. And now I'm, you know, I'm not so sure. Um, but you know there was never any smoke there with the White Sox and Trevor Bauer. Now I fear that uh, it's a done deal, and we can pretty much kiss that pipe dream goodbye. You know we never really had too many baseball conversations about if Trevor Bauer's the, the right guy to have in your rotation for a, a long term contract. We talked about him taking a short term deal, but that seems to have evolved as the off season has progressed. And now he's looking for a long term deal, and he's going to get it. Uh, by who? I don't know. The Mets are the only ones, literally, to to give him an offer. But he's a Southern California guy. Dodgers always in the mix. They have more money than God, um, so you worry about that as well. But it's just it's just so disappointing that you know I I, I don't know what I guess the alternative is the Manny Machado situation, right? Where they're in the mix the whole time, then someone comes in and, and steals your girl. But the fact you never even heard the White Sox link to him, like there was seemingly no interest at all. And as as White Sox fans, you just have to be just irate that the top. Your number one weakness on your ball club, starting pitching, and you have the number one free agent on the market, starting pitcher, familiar with your division, 
showed out in the postseason. Everything you want checks all the boxes. You can say what you want about the personality stuff. It's it's real iffy when you talk about that. But just in terms of a guy in the rotation, there was no better fit for the White Sox than Trevor Bauer. And again, the White Sox, White Sox did up, and he will not be coming to the South Side. It certainly looks like here on uh, February second. Yeah, it's very sad to see that he is uh, not going to be a White Sox. So, I mean, I wasn't really banking on it. I was just like, this is a completion of the offseason that would be like, all right, we're ready for a championship. I don't know if we're going to get anybody else. So this might just be the team. Fine, and I'll have my black and silver pom-poms every day cheering this team on. But I think it's incomplete. We need to get more. And it's a very sad realization that's the half of the Carlos Rodon um, just like mehness because <laughs> I knew that the player is not that great anymore and that we're not going to get a greater pitcher so it's a very sad day than when they sign Rodon it's not against him necessarily but it's against this whole White Sox mentality we're just doing it all over again and I I, I just don't understand the willingness to want a championship, but also want it in a specific way. Yeah. Like, like the Padres are going all out. The Blue Jays are going all out. You know, whatever, say whatever you want. The Mets are going all out. These people are doing things to get their team to the next level where people are talking about the Yankees signing DJ LeMahieu back. These people are going after it. And yeah, we got Lance Lynn. It's an awesome, awesome signing or a awesome trade. And then the signing of Liam Hendricks. Awesome. I'm, I'm in, but not to the level of those other teams I've been talking about. I'm not even worried about the twins. I'm not worried about the Indians. I'm worried about the top of the league and the top of the whole league. And it feels like, we're just there. We're at the precipice. We're about to summit the mountain, and Reinsdorf wants to take away our picks, our shoes. <laughs> just hey, I'm cold too. I need to get up to the top, but also I want to get up to the top as a comfortable person, doing it my way instead of enhancing our supplies, getting us the last little kick of boost, uh, some protein. Some, some water, something to get us up to the top. No, he just wants to make it harder for us to get to the top and summit and stay there for a while. Like, I thought he, I thought, you know, like we've been talking about, I thought he wanted to be Illich. You know, Illich <laughs> threw everything he had at his teams. He wanted to see one more before he left. I don't, he didn't get that chance, but he, he died trying, literally. Yeah, and I want the same to happen. Not to happen to Jerry. I want him <laughs> to go out and say, you know what? No regrets. I've done it all. Yeah. I'm not going to go down without a chance to win the championship. And they're not giving this team a chance unless this team just overperforms expectations, which they could do. But that's a hoping instead of knowing. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on real thin ice here uh, with my support and belief in in Rick Hahn and the White Sox. I thought that they would spend. I was wrong. You know, um, they've spent this offseason, yeah, but look what their payroll is. And all those teams you mentioned, you could argue, were worse in, in worse positions than the White Sox going into the offseason in terms of depth and talent. Now those teams all have definitely leapfrogged the, the White Sox. I wouldn't want to face any of those teams in the postseason, really. Um, you know, I like the Sox and they're loaded and, you know, they certainly got a shot, but 
you 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 blew it this offseason, White Sox. You you absolutely blew it. An opportunity to get better and leave no doubt. Like I don't want them to to just coast into an expanded playoff and then get their doors blown off by a team that's you know that that's loaded and they're ready and they're ready to take on anyone they meet in the postseason because remember, they remember expanded playoffs it's that garbage two out of three. Exactly. So exactly. You can go out real quick if you ain't ready. Yeah, I think it was it was fun in Oakland that just having them back in the postseason was fun. But ultimately, like, do you want to leave yourself up to that? You know, like, you know, Giolito had to be an ace like he was in game one. And then game two, one of your best pitchers all year gets rocked. You talk about an anomaly and baseball things happen like all of a sudden now you're in a winner go home situation and you don't have all the bodies that you possibly need to get through it. Like they're, they're not in that position this year as they were last year but it's just you don't want to open yourself up to randomness like you want to leave no doubt man and it's just it's so disappointing you know rick Hahn said that the money will be spent and you know it wasn't really spent yet we'll get to this in what up wednesday we just ended up gabbing away here about carlos rodon and the not signing a trevor bauer but there was an interesting name floated by an emailer and we'll we'll shift to this topic of now instead of being excited for the rotation, I think now what we're going to have to be to do in in, in the in, once the regular season gets going is we're going to have to look at starting pitchers on teams that aren't going anywhere, and maybe the Sox are going to try to get an arm for the cheap and get another team to pay for their salary because you know the Sox know that they'll be able to get through to the All Star break and they'll be fine and they'll even if at the very worst if they're five hundred or so with the expanded playoffs they still have a really good shot to get in so I. Now, like I think I know what their plan is to try to poach someone else's talent at the, at the trade deadline. I don't know what they think their assets are. You know, we, they don't have these teenage assets that you've talked about. But also, you know, maybe they think that okay, once we get fans coming through the turnstiles later on in the season, blah blah blah, we'll have we'll be able to take on someone's salary, and we'll get to a, a former White Sox name in the email bag tomorrow, but maybe that's their plan. And now we have to look at teams around the league and, and try to poach their, their starting pitching, which doesn't happen often. And if you think you're going to be the only team looking for a starting pitcher in an expanded place playoffs, good luck to you, man. Good luck. That's, it's risky, man. That's an expensive game right there. So I just, I just wish they would have done something about it. Even the Taiwan Walker, you know what I mean? Like even if they would have just signed someone like that, like that gives you depth and both bolsters things a little bit, but I digress. We'll we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. Unfortunately, but here we go again. The White Sox uh, misleading us uh, <laughs> once again uh, and not converting on a top tier free agent. It's just the 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 Jerry Reinsdorf White Sox stereotype that will never die. So that's all I got tonight, Herbie. What up Wednesdays tomorrow? We'll finally open the bag tomorrow. All right, that is Chris Tannehill. Follow him on Twitter, Chris Tannehill. Me, Ecknerwall23, I'm Herb Lawrence, and the show is at Locked on Socks, both on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, for every 100th subscriber to the Locked on Socks uh, channel, Chris Tannehill will put together a prize pack for those people. So be telling your friends that they need to go and sign up for uh, subscriptions, and if they're there, hit the notifications bell if you could. So... Every hundredth person who is a subscriber to the Locked On channel, we will pick a random person to win a, a random subscriber to win a Locked On Socks prize pack. So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for listening to another edition. Tonight's Tuesday of Locked On Socks.